from the studios of Teeing It Up in the swamps of Jersey in Charleston, South Carolina, this is Teeing It Up presents the Sunday Sprint. Look, we made it. Week 18 of the National Football League season. It is the NFL regular season finale. And I know, Luke Morrow, you know the characters in this. What's the plot going to be? What's the, what's the, what is the, um, you know, moment? What's the cliffhanger? Well, good question. Because the National Football League keeps advertising this as a season finale. So if this is the regular season finale, what's the cliffhanger? Yeah, well, for certain teams, it'll be uh, which ones get in and which ones don't. We could be in line for a very intriguing Sunday night football game, or we could be in line for a Sunday night football game where both teams just kneel it the whole time and both get into the playoffs, which I doubt would ever happen. All right, let's go there first. Let's, I'm sorry to interrupt, but let's go there first. You have to take a knee. I know it's not in the integrity of the game but if you're both going to get in the playoffs and especially for this Raider franchise that has gone through so much upheaval in 2021 we're now in 2022 we are and I know that that their coach uh is trying to you know make this a full-time job and the job that that he has done this year after everything with John Gruden has been in, incredible but why not just take a knee? Why not just give us something we've never seen before and be able to get the Antonio Bryant storyline out of everybody's thought process? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously not um, what these guys normally are about. You know, you want to go out there and win the game and actually play and beat the other team and win the right way and yada, 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 and I get all that. But... The goal is to make the playoffs. That's the hope and the intention every year. That's what you shoot for. And so it may be silly. It may look stupid. It may be the easy way out, yada, yada, yada. But if we're in a scenario where both these teams could get in by just simply tying, then forget, you know, like the idea, the thought process, almost like the machismo of, eh, we'll just go out and beat them. Forget that. Why not take the easy way out? And you both can get to the playoffs and agree to just settle for a tie. That's the goal. You you start the season hoping to get to the postseason. So I don't think it would ever happen. But I also think it would probably be the smart play so that both teams could just make sure, secure their spot and get in. But, of course, there's always this thought process of, you know, like Herm Edwards said, you play to win the game and we'll just go out there and beat the other team. So I don't know if you ever have to worry about it, but I do think it would be the smart move and just make sure, you know, guarantee your spot in the playoffs because that's what that's the whole point of playing the games. If I'm not mistaken, doesn't that require a Jacksonville Jaguar win? Yes. So it may not even, <laughs> you know, play out or become a potential <laughs> scenario. But if the Colts do lose, I don't know, maybe things get interesting for Sunday Night Football. Maybe they do. Um, all right. My dad wants us to start with the game to watch golf during today. Okay. He is upset that the Jets have a 425 game in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. He loves Hawaiian golf. He loves the fact that we have the Century Tournament of Champions and this dual five-shot lead for Cam Smith and John Rahm over everybody else. And I think this is a good moment to take a step back and look at each of our seasons before we dive into Week 18 fully. 
So at 425, the Jets and the Bills are going to play this out. This is a really important game for Buffalo as they try to win the, the uh, division and try to, you know, officially punch their ticket um, in, in into the playoffs knowing where they're going next weekend. And for the Jets, I think that the injury may have been the best thing to happen to Zach Wilson. I think he's been a better quarterback since then. But this defense cannot stop anybody, and I think that has been the most surprising thing, is that for Robert Sala to be a defensive-minded coach and have so many defensive lapses, and, and let's just not, you know, let's just forget about last week and Mike LaFleur and, and, and calling in the wrong play. It happens. That'll be fixed for 2022, I'm sure. But for this season and this offseason, they have to get better offense, uh, sorry, uh, better defensively, and then they're going to have to do it spending money, which they have the, the, the opportunity to do. And that's my Jets 2021 and 42nd recap. Yeah, well, you get to put a bow on things today and uh, uh, put an end to this pretty much miserable season. Um, the intrigue in this game, of course, should come from the Buffalo side and trying to win the division. And if you are Buffalo... You know, kind of like the Cowboys yesterday, you don't want to back into the playoffs. The Cowboys went out, played well, and the offense, which has been scuffling, looked much better, even if it was against a bunch of backups. For Buffalo, Josh Allen threw three interceptions last week. The offense just hasn't been the same this season compared to last year. The running game has been lousy. So if you're Buffalo, obviously you want to win the division. But I think also just kind of uh, put together a performance that you can feel good about heading into the playoffs instead of backing your way in if it's some type of close game or ugly performance against a bad Jets team today at home. Um, what's the line on your Vikings? What's the uh, what does what does the obituary say for the twenty twenty one Vikings? <laughs> I've got you all choked up. Yeah, it's emotional, folks. Uh, yeah. Um, you need me to filibuster uh, more, Luke? What's that? You need me to filibuster and uh, and uh, vampire? No, no, I'm okay. Okay. Um, changes should be coming. Uh, that that would be the end game in all this, win or lose today. I imagine this is the final game for Mike Zimmer as head coach of the Vikings. We'll see about general manager Rick Spielman. And then, for better or worse, they're kind of stuck with Kirk Cousins. I know I've seen rumors over the weekend, people writing about potential trades. He's got $45 million owed to him next year. I think it's going to be hard to trade him. Yikes. So you're probably stuck with Kirk for another year. But I think this is going to be the start of some changes here into the offseason and probably over the next 12 months because I don't know if Kirk will be back after next season. Um, so I think this is kind of the, the beginning of the end of this current era for the Vikings, which is fine by me. And a lot has been made in the Vikings world about, you know, why even bother playing Kirk today? Why not get a look at Kellen Mond, the rookie quarterback of the drafted in a meaningless game but if you're the head coach you still feel like you're coaching for your job or at least the next job he never doesn't care about Calamata at this point he doesn't know if he's even going to be there to coach him at any time down the road so you're at the, kind of this awkward crossroads where you know what's best for the franchise may not be best for the coach right now and you're on different paths so Cousins is going to play today they're going to try to win a meaningless game and then I imagine we'll get news in the next 24 hours that uh, they're moving on from Mike Zimmer what the heck was Mike Zimmer saying the other day when they've seen what they want to see out of Cullen Mudd? Like, it, that nope. sure made it seem like he has been the worst quarterback in practice in the National Football League. That was 
firmly in the affirmative. Yeah, that was a, if you're mine, uh, that's a brutal uh, comment to hear from your coach. It's something that I've always appreciated or liked about Mike Zimmer. You know, I loved when they hired him early on in his career. Uh, he was doing a really good job at the Vikings. Uh, it's just time for a change. A lot of times when you have a bad coach, like as a fan, hate is too strong of a word because you don't know the guy, but you just can't wait for them to get rid of him. For the Vikings, I still like Zimmer. I think he's a good coach. It's just, it's run its course. It's time to move on. Uh, I usually like his, uh, just his honesty and how he's willing to just tell you how it is at the podium. But even that, I thought that was a little harsh where uh, he said he doesn't need to see Kellen Mond this weekend because he's seen whatever the exact words, there's plenty of them or too much of them this year. Uh, that's a little harsh for a young quarterback uh, heading into the final game like this. All right, let's run through a bunch of these Week 18 games. It's going to be more than five, but it's more scenario-based. It's like five scenarios versus five games. Um, A, are you surprised that Cincinnati is resting as many people as they are today? I am slightly surprised that they would not try to improve their seating, especially with the possible scenario of Joe Burrow going into uh, Foxborough that's, or, or having the Pats come to them week one. That's not a scenario I would want early in the playoffs. I'd want to push that back and give Joe Burrow as much time to get ready for Bill Belichick. But I guess they want to put him, you know, on the couch and just have him relax today. Yeah, I probably would want to play as well and make sure I get the best seed possible. You know, like, again, to reference the Cowboys yesterday, they went for it with the hope or possibility that they can move up to uh, the two seed if they get some help today. Uh, that's what I would do. But I know there's also a theory that um, the Bengals are trying to avoid the Chiefs as long as they can. Uh, if the Titans, I, I forget how it would work, right? If the Titans get the number one seed and the Bengals were the number three seed, they'd have to face the Chiefs in the second round, right, if they win. So yeah. I know there's a theory that the hope is that the Bengals actually fall back so that they could go to Tennessee if they win the first round and avoid Kansas City as long as they can. I don't know if that's the thought process at all for the Bengals, but at least uh, on the interwebs, people believe that they'd be better off losing than winning today. I, I, I think, you know, just win, get the best seed you can, and, and if you're a playoff team, you should believe that you could beat whoever uh, you have to play. But uh, we'll, we'll see how things work out for the Bengals. I am confused about the Packers, however. I would think you would want to rest Aaron Rodgers and that toe, yet they are going to play everybody, I believe. That makes no sense to me. Yeah, this one I'm with you. Uh, the concern may be if you sit him today and then you have a bye next week, you know, two weeks off, I don't think you need to worry. For most guys, maybe that's a concern. I don't think you need to worry about Rodgers. I think Rodgers will be fine for a playoff game. Even if he's off for two weeks, he'd probably benefit, like you mentioned, because of the toe. Uh, we've been concerned about players coming back from COVID and how well they play afterwards. And when Rodgers came back this year, he looked just fine uh, after the week away without practicing and not playing. He didn't really skip a beat. So, yeah, if I'm Green Bay, I wouldn't be uh, so concerned about that when it comes to my quarterback. I think Rodgers would be just fine. I would sit him today. You know, maybe you play him a series or two if you want just to get him a little run out there. But I certainly wouldn't play him very long today and make sure he rests that toe for the postseason. And 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 I think that's what they're going to wind up doing today. But you got to be very careful and make sure that you call plays that don't have him in harm's way because that's – you know, you don't need those off-script Aaron Rodgers plays. That's where problems can happen. You need little bootlegs, quick passes, just get him in rhythm and then just pull him just before everything goes bad. Just pull him. Um, 
Colts, Jags, Titans, Texans. My my prediction is both of those teams win the uh, Colts and the Titans. Um, although I I'm slightly surprised we're not seeing Derrick Henry, but I guess they think that he's shown them enough that 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 they can wait a week there. But I think you know the Jags are just such a mess um, that even on the road the Colts can get this done. Um, I don't think the Texans. Um, can beat the Titans t- twice in a season. I don't think that's happening. Yeah, both teams should win. I, I, I think from a betting perspective, I do like both underdogs. I think the numbers are too big. I think they could be competitive games, but both of the favorites should win. And for the Titans, I mean, this would be huge because obviously you lock up the number one seed. Things were a little bit different last year uh, when you just had the one team that had a bye. But historically, the teams that do get the buys in the playoffs are usually the ones that at least make it to the conference championships. So you'd be the only team with a bye. You'd have to play one fewer game. You'd have home field advantage. And then most importantly for the Titans, is what you mentioned about Derrick Henry, is you get an extra week to let him rest up and practice and work out and get ready and be good to go because they need him to do anything in the postseason. So it's huge for the Titans to try to win today and secure that number one seed. And then the Colts are obviously playing for their playoff life. They should certainly win in Jacksonville, but they have not won in Jacksonville since I think it's 2014. Yep. And again, from just a betting perspective, it doesn't mean that the Colts are going to lose the game, but the only time the Jaguars have covered a spread in their last nine was last time against the Colts. So for whatever reason, the Jags have played the Colts. You know, it's a divisional game. They know each other well. They've played them tough over the years. Uh, I think they'll play them pretty tough today. I don't think the Jags can win this game. Um, but both these games, I think, may be closer than at least Vegas anticipates. Um, and let's just remember with Derrick Henry, this isn't like, you know, he's got a hamstring or he has, you know, a, a hand injury. This is a severe foot injury. <laughs> this is not a silly injury. Uh, uh, silly is the wrong word. This is not one of those simple injuries that has a, you know, firm time frame. This is something where he may be playing through pain until the off season, however long they go. Um, so... Needless to say, I, I don't know offhand if he made the Pro Bowl, but I think he's turning down that invitation, Luke, um, <laughs> if he made the Pro Bowl. Um, no matter what happens, I don't think we're going to see him um, playing the Pro Bowl in uh, Vegas. Um, Steelers, Ravens, I don't think, you know, both of these teams need a lot of help. I, I don't think they're going to get it. Uh, all I'll say about um, this game is, for, for, for Ben Roethlisberger, it's a complicated history, but you have to give credit for the longevity he's had um, in that city with such a storied history to be the starter for that long. Um, says something about his longevity. Yeah, certainly. Uh, you know, like Eli Manning, I was watching the yeah. Manning cast for, for Roethlisberger's last start. Eli's broadcasting game. He's been retired for a few years. Philip Rivers is coaching high school football. And here's Roethlisberger, who took the bigger beating of the three that's still playing. I mean, not great. He's not playing all that well. But, hey, he's still out there. And credit to him and, and more so really Mike Tomlin, the fact that they still got a winning season out of this team. And that Tomlin still has never had a losing season in 15 years, which is remarkable, even if they lose today. Um, yeah, you know, this is a game where both teams are still technically alive, but they have less than a 10% chance of making the playoffs. So even though this is supposed to have some meaning, it just feels like a meaningless game between these two. No Lamar Jackson for Baltimore, not a great quarterback matchup. 
Uh, I, I would guess the Ravens win at home, but whatever happens, I don't think either team's going to get the help they need to actually try to make the playoffs. I believe Eli Manning is now an assistant basketball coach for his daughter, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> there you go. Um, so he's, he's, you know, he's coaching as well. Don't, you know, don't, right. uh, yeah. don't credit Phillip Rivers as the only coach. I think Eli's doing some as well. Um, how does the NFC West shake out? Because we've got a bunch of moving pieces here. We have the Saints aspect of things. We have the 49ers aspect of things. We've got the Cardinals aspect of things. If Jimmy Garoppolo is the 49er quarterback, I don't think either of these franchises are going anywhere, the 49ers or the Saints. But I would give him the upper hand or give the 49ers the upper hand over the Saints. That, though, has more implications for the Rams, I think, than anything else. Yeah, um, I think in regards to the games today and what to expect from this division, uh, it's actually kind of tricky because, again, I, I always look first from like a betting perspective, and I would like the 49ers as a four-point dog, but I don't know if that means they're going to win outright. The Rams are trying to lock up the division and uh, potentially a two-seed, and the 49ers are trying to make sure they get into the postseason. That's uh, a tough test for San Francisco, but there's just something about the matchup that I do like. If Jimmy Garoppolo does play, he's 5-0 and against the Rams. Shanahan and McVay uh, you know, are very familiar with one another. They run similar offenses, and to this point, Mc, uh, Shanahan has seemed to have the edge up on, uh, on McVay. So I do like the 49ers on the road to have an opportunity to win that game against the Rams. And for Matt Stafford, this is another one of those tests to see how he can perform in a big-time game. And then uh, the Saints, uh, I actually think the Falcons beat the Saints today in Atlanta, so the Saints season comes to an end anyways. And the Cardinals, I believe, are still alive in the division, and they have to beat the uh, the, uh, Seahawks at home. Russell Wilson's been playing well lately. It's, you know, he's trying to end on a high note, so I don't think that's going to be all that easy for Arizona at home. So I'm giving a lot of non-answers other than I feel pretty confident that the Saints are actually going to lose today. And then I really don't know what's going to happen in the NFC West in terms of the standings there, but I do think the Niners will be the team that gets in for that wild card spot in the NFC. Real, real quick, Cam Akers, a lot of uh, stuff in the media about how well he's looked. He's going to play today. Is this media spin to put a nervous, you know, thought into the 49ers? Or do you think this is legit that that Cam Akers has had one of the faster Achilles uh, recoveries uh, we've seen in football in a while? I'm just going to assume it's legit, yeah, which is wild. I mean, I remember in fantasy, uh, I stashed him on IR, and then I remember like googling it because i kind of forgot about the injury and i thought like oh yeah there's no way he's coming back this year now fantasy football the season's over anyways but i never would have thought he'd return at some point this season from this injury so uh it's quite remarkable and and wild to see and we'll see if he has a a, an impact today or moving forward but it also speaks to uh just the the medicine and the doctors and the rehab and how they're able to do this now even like acl injuries you know guys are coming back much quicker like eight months after what used to be over a year it is uh, crazy. Uh, these guys, the injuries they can come back from and seemingly be, in a lot of cases, even better than before the injury. And let's just take a second and say welcome back to Clay Thompson, um, who comes back yeah. tonight for the Warriors. Um, that game is at 8.30. You'll see it nationally on NBA TV. Brian Anderson, Stan Van Gundy on the call. So a national telecast for that um, 
which is going to be awesome. Really pumped for Clay. He's worked his butt off and had some really low moments in these recoveries, and he's back. Um, Splash Brothers reunited. Watch out for the Warriors now. You think they're the best team in the West already. Now watch out. Um, And then real fast, if the Chargers and Raiders actually decide to play a football game or if they're forced by the standings to play a football game, who wins this game? I mean, the Chargers should, but yep. it's been hard to trust this year. The Raiders have won the last three. Somehow the Raiders, with all this noise this year, could potentially get to 10 wins. The Chargers are the better team. They have the better quarterback. There's not much of a home field advantage for the Raiders. The Chargers should win this game, but they've been so up and down this year that even today it would be hard to trust them in the most important game of their season. Look, we're at the end of our radio program. Aww. I know, but we'll be back next week to preview Super Wild Card Weekend. Yes, can't wait. How frustrated were you at seeing ESPN's Monday Night Football Saturday doubleheader special yesterday, or whatever <laughs> the title of that was? Yes, I always hate when the networks do that stuff. So It's not them, uh, it's the league. Blame the league. All right, then I hate when the league has that stuff done. It just makes no sense to me. Why can't we just call it Saturday Night Football? What's up with the branding that it's got to remain Monday Night Football on Saturday, whatever they call it? Just just call it what it is. It's Saturday Football. Okay. That is what it was. That is yeah. what it was. That should have been called the ESPN Saturday, uh, sorry, the ESPN NFL Saturday Special. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. That would have made all the sense in the world. You could use the song from Leonard Skinner's Saturday Night Special, and you're good to go. There you go. There you go. Your game of the day. Uh, i got to go Sunday Night Football. It's supposed to be the most important game. It's Sunday Night Football for a reason. Uh, Chargers Raiders, and it'll be made even better if both teams just kneel the whole time. 49ers, Charger, uh, sorry, Rams, unless we get that bizarre scenario. Yeah. Um, your sleeper game. Well, we talked about uh, most of the games. Yeah, like 12 of them. <laughs> yeah, but what we didn't mention, I'm going to say Patriots-Dolphins because the Patriots always struggle in Miami. Look, Dolphins have nothing to play for. The Patriots still have a chance to win the division, but they always struggle in Miami, and it was just two years ago that the Patriots were battling for the number one seed at home against the Dolphins team that had nothing to play for, and Miami came to New England and beat the Patriots. So look out New England today. They always struggle against this Dolphins team in games like this. They're competing for that AFC East. I don't know if they even beat Miami this afternoon. Was one of the that 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 lateral finish is one of the great finishes. One of the few right. times oh. the lateral game has ever worked. Um, my my sleeper game is actually going to be a surprise to you, Luke. Yeah, it's 49ers Rams. Oh, yeah. Oh, I I I never gave you my my game of the day. Did I give you my game of the day? I thought it was the 49ers Rams. I'm I did. All right. So I, I, I need to give a sleeper game. Um, Green Bay Detroit, just to see how quick they pull Mr. Rogers. Um, nope. That's that. All right. You know my game to watch golf during. <laughs> Tee it up, buddy. Uh, there's so many to, to choose from today. Uh, <laughs> Bengals-Browns is just boring to me. Backups against backups. I guess I'll choose that one as the number one. There, there you go. Uh, and your person or player to watch today? Oh, boy. Um, Segment Luke never preps for. 
That's right. Uh, there's quite a few quarterbacks that today could be a big day for. I'm going to say, I'm going to go back to the well with that Sunday night game and say Justin Herbert, because this, I, I guess, is theoretically the biggest game of his career. You don't want to start your reputation of losing big games, you know, like uh, Peyton Manning early on. So for Justin Herbert, go out there, play well tonight on national TV, and get your team in the playoffs. Roger Goodell, if that scenario on Sunday night presents itself, does he step in? Yeah, it would be interesting. I'm sure he would want to. Do you know what the get-in price is to see Jets' bills today? Well, it's in Buffalo, and those people are crazy. I would imagine it'd still be pretty good. Well, what's the number? $5. Okay, never mind. <laughs> $6 to get to MetLife to see Washington uh, and New York, and $6 to attend Browns Bengals. Yeah, those games, uh, I have no interest. But Buffalo, I thought Bills Mafia, they could win the division today. I thought so, too. Nope. Higher. Luke, thank you. We'll see you next week to preview Super Wild Card Weekend. Can't wait. Have fun, everybody. Enjoy your football Sunday.